welcome back, Dan, to your. This is your second podcast of the week. It is, yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of upset that you're cheating on me with other podcasts, but you know, I'll well, get over it. Well, I got a little extra practice in this week, but I'm still not very good at this. So, oh, that's okay. I was going to say practice makes perfect, but you've just proved that practice makes something. Um, I don't know where we'll land on that yet, but um, do you want to? Do you want to? Uh, uh, what, what do you say again? What do they say on YouTube? Anything you want to? Uh, promote or you want to promote your other podcast you did this week, Dan? Yeah, I guess a shameless plug is plug. What, there we go. Plug yeah. is the word I was looking for. Yeah, so I was on the and I don't I don't know that I'm gonna say this right, but me duele. I think it's me duole. It's me how duole. I hear a lot of people say it. What does that mean even? My duole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I should know this. Yeah. For, yeah. For those of you who don't know that, that cycling club has been around for over 40 years. I think it's, 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 it's the most prolific cycling organization in Utah. In Utah Do you yeah. want to push back on that? No, no. They, I can't think of another They've one. been around since like the eighties. Um, and anyhow, they, um, they have a podcast, which incidentally gets a lot more listens than ours does. Shh, they don't need to know that. Okay. <laughs> Um, but they, they invited me on as a guest and I got to, um, I got to talk to them and it was super fun. And so for those of you that want to hear more of me, there's <laughs> for anyone who is sitting back this week and be like, Oh, I just wish I could hear more Dan than I have good news for you. Instead of playing this one over again, you can go and listen to a different one. No, but it was a lot of fun. We, um, we talked just a little, they just, talked a little bit about Maybird and what it is and what we do. And, um, yeah, so go check it out. Uh, may or may not be groundbreaking stuff for people who are on this team. But, I'm, sh- I'm uh, sure a lot of people have heard me say the things I've said before. I feel, before. I'm like reverse plugging this podcast. You guys should go listen to it. Uh, the media, I guess great. I'm sure their podcast is, is good. I should. I have yeah, it was it. super classy. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So yeah, go what, check it out. What are you saying about my podcast, Dan? Is this one not super classy? It's decently classy. No, this one's pretty hacky, um, but it's okay. We'll work on it. Um, yeah, go go listen to that. Um, in terms of uh, news this week, um, the last bike race of 2023, I'm trying to think there's nothing else, right? Like yesterday was the last bike race anyone's going to do this Just year. unless there's some KOM attempts, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday was uh, UTCX Cyclocross State Champs, the best bike race I've ever done. It was so so much fun i absolutely loved it it was like we had in they a whole bunch of the young guys had to race the men's b because of a weird usac rule um it was like me jamerson spencer wood um uh, thomas zanger sam johnson like uh, who else was in the group There's i can't a remember bunch i'm forgetting and then in the younger group we had a ton of maybered racers too oh my gosh. Was, we, we were very so very well people. represented yeah really really awesome um like it was it was like it's i i feel like i feel bad plugging cross so hard at the end of the season um but you if you're not doing cross you should be doing cross Yeah, just something for you guys to regret over the winter so much fun so much fun you know and let me just say about cross is i usually don't push too hard for nike racers to do cross even though it's super fun and nike racers do a really good job at cross i just kind of think you know if they've started racing and in the spring, it, it makes for almost too long of a race season. Yeah. But I do think that it's something that you should at least go try once or twice a season just like for, for me, fun. I only did three of the races this yeah. year. Um, but I do think for post-Nica riders, it's yeah. great because like... I wish I'd done all of them. <laughs> um, they don't take very much time. No. They're 
you know, they're super quick. You kind of show up, do the race. You have the rest of your Saturday. Yep. So if you're time crunched, cyclocross is fantastic. Oh yeah. And I also think that it just has kind of the coolest, funnest, chillest vibe. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's super cool, super fun. Super, super cool. And you just show up day of, like you show up an hour before your race and ride a couple laps of the course. It's not like you're going pre-riding the night before. Um, all of the courses are kind of different. They all have their own special flavor. Like, um, I can tell you that like the mountain bike guys do really, really well. That, they like, do. They've got the skills. skills. Your hand, and, and maybe if you're racing juniors, you're mostly going to be racing other Nike kids. You get into the men's group, like a lot of them are roadies who don't do the, the crosses. They don't do like off-road racing as much. And so it's really fun to race against people who have different profiles than you because they're going to kick your butt on the physical stuff, but then you're going to be able to claw it back on the technical stuff. And it's great too for like practicing like race tactics and stuff, you know, like, um, I was going to say, I, you don't know. Cause you, you want, like I've, I tried so hard, especially for miles. If you're listening to miles, I tried to get down out, you know, he, he, he didn't, he didn't follow through, but we'll get him next year. Right. I thought about it, but I felt particularly slow that day. And so, well, but it's, it's great. Like I, and I think maybe the, the thing I like about it the most is it's like, the greatest hits of bike racing all distilled into 45 minutes, right? Like the tactics are super fun and interesting. Like I had a moment yesterday where like the group ahead of me, I wanted to bridge from my group to the group ahead of me. They were like 10 seconds ahead, which is a big, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of distance. Right. And I was like, do I put in this? I'm, I'm like, if we've got a big opens part, like do I put in a big old dig and go catch them? And I'm like, no, nah, but they're in a group and they're going to come to this corner and this group's going to have to slow down to get through this corner. It's going to get bogged up. So I'll just catch him, right? It's you know, kind of like, like where cross-country tactics meet road yes. tactics. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's super, super interesting. Like, because you're I, dealing with kind of bottlenecks and, and yeah. hole shots. and. Well, a, a friend of mine who doesn't, who's not in bike racing at all came and watched yesterday. And she was asking me after. She was like, she's like this looks really uncomfortable and awful. And I'm like, it kind of is. But the nice thing about cross is it's always interesting that you're always like, having to make the next corner or like there's no 15 minute climbs and cross you're constantly having to think about this corner get over the barriers get through the sandy bit you know like um like you're hurting the whole time but you almost don't notice because your brain stays so busy dealing with the constantly changing demands of the course Mm -hmm. like and also like as a spectator it's probably the most fun to watch other than you're just freezing your butt off yeah but it's not even that cold i mean if you're it's it's what 45 50 yeah you're fine. It's it's really not that bad. And you can see the racers. But sometimes it time. happens in the snow or. Yeah. Yeah. But it's. Yeah. So if um, next year, like you got to do cross everybody, I think on this team should do one cross race. And if it, you hate it, fine. But like you, you should. I think everyone should have to do one cross race. Well, I uh, yeah, I think it shouldn't be a huge focus for Nike racers. But I think, you know, once your Nike season's done. Just go do one just for the heck of it. Oh, just yeah. try it. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And even for me, like post Nike guys. I've had a really hard time getting back into bike, like mountain bike racing really hard in the past few years. I'm sitting here right now, like so inspired that like next season I want to make cross my thing. Well, I, I, I think that it's perfect for post Nike and time crunch oh my people gosh, it is the because too, like, like, like actually the fitness, you know, the fitness that you need to be able to do like crusher and Leadville. And I mean, that's going to take a, that's hard for time crunch people yeah. to do the fitness that it takes to do cross. Well, Oh yeah. Um, you could do in a time crunched manner fairly yeah. successfully. Like there's lots of guys my age out there, you know, like young people trying to establish their careers in school, finishing school. Like there's a really healthy, robust group of guys who do cross that just don't do mountain bike. 
Um, you know, cause even like I cup fitness is different from cross fitness. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, plug cross hard enough. I think you should go do it now that it's too late, but next season, <laughs> next season. So, um, uh, the, the last item that we did want to cover is somebody has sent us their, um, uh, their food recommendation for us to rate. Um, granted it's not a thing Dan and I have tried yet, but we'll give our preliminary thoughts and then we will report back once we've been able to verify the goodness of the food okay yeah amy um amy larkin and we thought this would be a little bigger hit than it has been yeah what's the deal guys i think brady might have chimed in on something but i forgot what it was so if brady if you did um chime in again remind dan (laughs) yeah i get a lot of texts from brady back and forth and it might be buried in a text somewhere so if you did brady just tell me again because i already forgot but amy larkin did send in her favorite item at her favorite restaurant and it's, I'm going to say this really incorrectly. It's, oh boy. okay, you should be doing this, Joe. It's the faux. No, 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 no. Pho. Pho. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, it's the Pho Saigon Noodle House. Okay. And she likes the lemongrass tofu banh mi. Okay. Oh, interesting. So this is a banh mi. So I didn't, okay, so banh mi. So have you had a, have you like, like, oh my, I've taken you to oh my, right? Um, I think so. It's where you get like, um, it's a Vietnamese sandwich. You get it on a French because like it was a French colony. So it's like this weird, you get like Vietnamese stuff on your baguette. Okay. No, I don't think I've been there. The the only time I've been to pho, Uh I guess I'm saying that right. Yeah. Is um, I went with like Andrew and Emily once and they were raving about this place and we tried a whole bunch of different stuff Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is really good soup. Yeah. But it wasn't like, I don't know, it wasn't my thing, but I'm like, yeah, it is good soup. I and will say I've been to the same, I was with you. Oh, you were with me. I was there. Oh, I forgot you were um, there. I think it, I really like pho. I think it's really good. I don't seek it out a, a ton because I'm not like a super soup dude. Um, but this is, this is bun mi. So this is like, bun mi though is really good. Um. You and I might actually have to try this. That okay. sounds super tasty. Well, we'll try it. I might have to have an enchilada after, but let's try uh, okay. it. Okay. Well, there you go, Dan. We're going we're gonna to culture Dan, folks. Don't worry. I, I, I was thinking not everybody's favorite food is a burrito, but um, uh, we'll do that. And then, like, send in your others, guys. This We have to have content for the winter. You know, like, give us something to talk about. We like talking um, about food almost as much as we like talking about bikes. So Yeah. We should turn this into a food podcast. That really, like, if we want to get views and quit our day jobs, that's really probably what we'd have to do, huh? Well, More of a market for that. We're but probably better eaters than we are cyclists anyway. So. Probably. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, Amy, for chiming in. Brady, get us yours. And anybody else, send them over. And uh, we'll... This is, like, the easiest way to get shouted out. Yeah. And hopefully hopefully people have things that we've tried so we can already talk about them. But we will report back to you on Amy's, uh, on Amy's suggestion. But without further ado... Um, oh wait, am I missing something? Yeah, because oh, you no. well, like when we were talking about the the cyclocross. Yes, I I had so much pressure to go to the cyclocross. Everyone was asking me to go. I was just in the mood to do a big, huge ride yesterday. You can do both, but you know. Well, I need it all day. But mm, okay. But anyhow, I I actually um I met up with Xander. We we meet up, and it's just like raining. It's cold. It's miserable. And a storm kind of came in that wasn't in the forecast. And so we decided not to do it. I think he went home and Zwifted or something. And I 
Smart lad. Smart lad. Yeah. I went home and Andrew convinced me to go on a ride. Mm, and dumb, we dumb lad. <laughs> we go on a ride. It was a pretty good ride. It was a lot of fun. Andrew knows like all these secret little back alleys in Salt Lake that yeah. it's really like I have never I, I've seriously felt like I was in like Chicago or something like I had no idea where I was the whole entire time. Like there's all these little back alleys between fences and stuff we were riding around and stuff. But we did go up. We went up like City Creek and it started to hail and rain. And I got just so wet and so cold. Mm. And the whole time I'm kind of like, oh, I wish I was in Watopia right now. Right. But it was it was still fun. But it just made me um, remember that we probably should talk just and this isn't our deep dive today. This is just something. Oh, yeah. I forgot you did want to talk about this. Yeah. I this totally is segued you early. Another premature segue on my part. Yeah. This is something I just wanted to, to remind people of the importance of dressing warm if you're going to ride outside. Yes. No. I personally, I know a lot of pro riders will will wear really expensive warm riding gear and they'll go out for four or six hours a day during the winter to get their base training. I don't think that's necessary for Nike riders. In fact, we kind of I discourage it. Concerned if I don't, I I think that has burned some people out. Yeah, that aren't getting a paycheck to do it. Yeah. Um. So, occasionally, if the weather's good. And, and it's safe and, you know, cause there'll be sunny, warmer afternoons. Mm-hmm. You can bundle up and go for a ride for, you know, that's great. But, um, riding in the miserable weather every single day, day in, day out for four hours probably isn't a good idea. Statistically, you'd be an anomaly if that was a good yeah. productive long-term strategy. I will say if there's someone listening to this who just despises riding the trainer and has tried Zwift and has a nice setup and it still doesn't do it for him. And they have tons of money to dump into Because I have, I'm fortunate enough because of my time in the bike industry to have collected uh, a whole bunch of really good winter riding pieces. And I have a setup where as long as it's not wet and cold, if it's just cold, I can fairly comfortably do, you know, two to three hours outside in the winter. Like the gear exists. It's extremely expensive. The jacket that I wear to do it costs more than a trainer retails for close to 600 bucks. And I think there's probably another jacket that would do the trick for maybe 300. Um, right now, like the Wahoo trainer, which interestingly enough, I did actually want to talk about there. Have you seen the new Wahoo trainer that only has one gear? Mm -mm. Yeah. So basically they like got rid of like mounting cassettes and stuff. You just, they're like, you don't need to be shifting on the trainer. Like the way most people use trainers, you stick it in one gear. So like you just, anybody can stick any bike on the new Wahoo trainer, which I think is pretty cool. What if you shift gears in like in Zwift to is the train changes? That's kind of, I, I do, but not yeah, everyone. Does. I was going to say that's kind of a fun part of it. Yeah, I agree. But most people, they said they found from their research anyway. And the point is that trainer is like 300 bucks or so. Don't call me on that. It's, it's some, it's a very, it's reasonable, reasonable amount of money. But the point I'm trying to make is like, it's doable. You can do it. I just don't expect everybody to go drop a thousand dollars on a winter riding setup because for most of us the indoor training is a better option but if yeah you're or going to, or running or hiking or right all the other winter options we've talked about you right, know. right right but if you are going to ride outside you have to do it in the right gear and this is like a safety thing like i i think i've seen because and i think especially with the guys it's like oh look how tough i am i'm going out in just arm warmers you know like that's well and that's kind of more what i'm talking about because i know I know your $300 jacket's amazing and everything, mm-hmm. but I'm actually talking to kids that will show up 
for ride and it's 40 degrees yeah. and they're just wearing their summer kit, no knee warmers, no jacket, mm-hmm. no, you know. Um, and you know what the answer is? Like if you don't have the gear, don't, don't do it. And that sounds harsh, but like, that's well, kind of like, if you and sh- even, even the thing is like, even if you don't have like the fanciest, most aerodynamic specific yeah. cold weather site, there's like, there's other, like you could wear a puffy. Right. And, and some sweatpants or something. And right. You know, but don't just show up in your summer kit. That's yeah. Just don't not... don't wear your summer kit on winter rides. Is basically yeah. Like probably the biggest thing that the probably the most important thing to keep in mind is is covering your knees. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this like last year a while ago. I remember I pointed out like, you know, if you put your hand on your quad, like try this, Joe. It feels okay. warm, right? Right. You know, put your hand on your knee. And it's cold. It feels cold. Yeah. Because you just don't have the same metabolic tissue covering your knee that you do on your yeah so like all the ligaments bones joints tendons all that good stuff is just it's exposed to the cold you know like when water gets exposed to the cold what does it do uh freezes it turns into a solid yeah yeah you know um your 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 knees have to be covered below what would you say 50 degrees well, they say like I've heard. They say like say sixty-five. Like sixty-five, which I think that is seems overkill. a little. That's yeah. overkill. Fifty for sure. I think fifty oh for sure. Fifty for sure. Something needs to be covering your knees now. And, and I will say for those of you listening, because like a lot of young people, just as soon as you talk about like go to take care of your body, like you know, they like tune it out. I'm 24 and I have a majorly bum knee, and it sucks. Like my left knee gives me insane problems over the winter when I'm like starting to try to run and like. Wait, by the way, running group tomorrow, like I want to be able to do that, you know, and like my knee, I, I, I didn't treat, I haven't treated my knees well my whole entire life. And I probably have especially bad knees that were going to be bad. Oh, that's right. Way. Running groups tomorrow. I'm so We've excited. Got yeah, we got to, we got to yeah. pitch that. But the point I've really quick, put I'll a pin in that. the ladder on this. Um, I'm 24 and, and I already have a bad knee. Like you, if you don't take care of your joints and stuff, your body will break down really, really fast. And it sucks so bad. Yeah. So um, riding outside can be fun, but I wouldn't do it if it's going to be wet. No, for sure not. Wet. I would avoid doing it in the dark because yeah. like a lot of times, like you'll get like snow banks that have, that'll melt during the day. And yeah. then like, there'll be a little patch of ice right next to them at night. You yep. can't see it at night. Even with good lights and stuff. Yeah. And say nothing of the cars. So like if you can like if you can get home from school, hop right on your bike while it's still light, while it's probably the warmest part of the day, um, that's a great time to do it. And on a good day, it'd be a fun way to kind of mix things up from your running or your Nordic skiing or your Zwifting or whatever. Do that. But do make sure you're, you know, and it, it can just be like leggings or yeah. sweatpants or it doesn't have to be arrow or fancy or anything, you know, just make sure those knees are covered. And wear a jacket, wear wool socks, wear, wear insulated gloves that aren't so thick you can't use your brakes. Or One more thing I do want to throw out really quickly. Here in Utah, which is where almost all of you are, um, uh, we get salt on the roads. And when you get salt on the roads and then the road gets wet and then you ride over that wet road, that salty water is going to become acidic and it's going to corrode everything on your bike. Um, so like if it's wet more and more, like I do not want to ride my bike on salty roads because it will eat your bike. Yeah. Like that is the worst thing that you could possibly do to a bicycle. Yeah. So avoid going out when it's wet and that's when yeah. you really, really get cold. Yeah. Oh my it's, gosh. Yeah. I will ride in cold, cold and wet is a no go. I do not think you should be riding cold and wet. I think even if this was your job and you are a pro, you probably shouldn't be riding in cold and wet. 
It's yeah. just bad. Don't. But play. you know what you can do instead? Uh, Zwift. Wait. Or running. Right. Ru- yeah. So time to plug the running group. Yeah, time to plug the running group. Um. So we is was he last year the first year of the running group? Yeah. Okay. So running group last year was like one of the highlights of my winter. Absolutely awesome. It's coming from someone who again is like not. I'm not pro. Well, I'm I'm not a. You're not a pro runner. Really? Oh, no, I was gonna say I'm not pro running, but I am pro running. I believe in running. I just I hate I hate running. Um, running groups have. Amy's running group has begun to kind of turn the tide for me, where I'm willing to like entertain running as a thing that I do. Yeah. They are so so good. Super fun, and they're designed so no matter how good or how bad you are. Oh yeah. Dan yeah, and I you, are there. You can be really terrible and do fine at running group. You can yep. be really good and do fine at running oh, yeah. group. So yeah, no one listening to this is too fast or slow for this running group. It's it's perfect. You should absolutely come. And, uh, Churchill. 430? Yeah. So check your team snap. Mark your team snap. Um, team snap still a thing over the winter, guys. Don't delete the app. Yeah, I'm I'm still sending out messages and yeah. Yeah, definitely come to that. Okay. So uh, I prematurely uh, uh, segued you like. 10 minutes ago. Are we, are we ready? Yeah, you can segue me now. Okay. So for our, our main topic today, this is one that like, um, this is a, is this maybe like a hard truth topic? This isn't the, you know, this isn't like a fun one. I think this is one of no, the things it's... that I regret a little bit about the winner for me. And this isn't everyone, but this is like, this is, this is one of the struggles for me with the riding season ending and even just getting like rides getting shorter and stuff as the days get shorter. Like this is a, your your little preview before the podcast when we talking about today I'm like oh yeah this is my Joe's not gonna like this one no no really what it is in in a way I'm just trying to cover my bases because I got thinking about it and I've had a lot quite a few athletes that I've really been working with fueling over the race season you know and and it's made I like to think it's made, it's helped them and so forth you know and. And so, you know, I spend a lot of time encouraging athletes to fuel their workouts. And, you know, when, when races are coming up, I'm, I'm telling them, you know, a couple of days before to, to start carb loading and eat simpler carbs as they get closer to the race and so forth. And, um, and how really carbs are kind of like the key to performance and fueling and so forth. And I'm just like, well, you know, I hope that I've made myself clear that it is kind of a two edged sword, you know, that there's, um, that while this can be beneficial for performance, it's not necessarily good for a sedentary individual, you know, and, and there has to be like balance and, and wisdom in in nutrition and so forth, you know, and I, I hope people don't think that, well, because I told them to like start eating bagels before a race that, that they should be eating like corn chips and Doritos and Twinkies and stuff all day long. And that's going to make them a better cycle, which isn't the case. So I think, I think I I heard someone say one time that nothing is good for you or bad for you. It just all depends. Like no, no food is inherently good or bad. Everything depends on context. Yeah. It's like poison is in the dose. Exactly. There's a lot of toxins out there, but to make them a poison, Mm -hmm. it's the dose that makes it the poison. So, right, right, right. So like, um, and, and we should say really quick, like at the outset, before we dive into this, like any, and I, it's important to me that anytime we talk about issues relating to like, um, eating and anything that like comes close to talking, like touching on like weight and stuff, like this is a podcast focused on, um, 
youth athletes. And so we do want to say, as we dive in, um, we don't want, unless your doctor tells you that you need to be thinking a lot about your weight as a teenager, this shouldn't be something that is like a major emphasis for you. But I can tell you, as, as somebody who's kind of entering my mid-20s, that you're going to reach a point relatively soon in your life where um, the kind of like stereotypical teenage diet and then the stereotypical teenage athlete diet is going to kind of start to catch up to you and it, and it catches a lot of people out. And I think the parents listening to this will almost universally know what I'm talking about. And you had, you had this experience where you were really active when you were, you know, these kids age. And then as you kind of got into your 20s and life gets busy and crazy and stuff, yeah, it, it I, catches up to you and it causes problems. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and also too, we're not really talking so much about weight, but we're talking about health. Right. And, but it's kind of a win-win when it comes to that, because if right. you focus on being healthy, weight kind of takes care of itself. You don't really have to worry exactly, about it much, yeah. you know? Um, and then we'll throw out too that Joe and I are both idiots. Neither of us are doctors. So, Again, you know, yeah. we, we don't ever offer medical advice or just take anything we say with a grain of salt, you know? Yes. Um, but anyhow, I, I do think this will be this. This is an important topic to discuss as we, you know, as we approach the winter training season. But I mean, mostly today, I want to talk about carbohydrates. Right. So, um, you know, Joe, what do you think a carbohydrate is? Well, the one one review that everybody got, hopefully got at some point in school is that you've got the three main nutrient groups, which are fats, proteins and carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are like the like like the main fuel source that your body likes to operate on. They're they're sugars. They're they're grain like a, like um, like table sugar and rice and bread and um, yeah. There's a whole bunch of different oats. kinds and right. Um, lots of things fall under this umbrella, right? Right, right, right. And it's interesting because carbohydrates are kind of like the the in diets right now seem to kind of like malign carbohydrates as something to be avoided. And again, maybe for certain people in certain situations, there's some truth to that, but like we're in a, we're in kind of a tricky spot where like you cannot, and someone like, like call me out on this. I will die on this hill. I will win this argument. Um, low carbohydrate diets are not compatible with high performance cycling. Yeah. And now, we're definitely going to talk about that. You can be a vegan high performance cyclist. You can be a vegetarian high performance cyclist. You can be a gluten free. So vegan, vegan and vegetarians eat a lot of carbs. Exactly. Those diets you can, and it's maybe a little harder, but you, those are absolutely compatible with high performance. Uh, and I've said before, I think most people would almost do better on those diets because yeah. they tend to be healthier people anyway. Keto but, though. Like, yeah. like, like low carb, like, so like the, 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 cause a lot of people when you start talking about carbs, the, the pitch is, don't eat carbs. And again, maybe for certain people in certain situations, that's good. You guys have to learn how to appropriately use them. Which and is we're going to, we're going to get into a whole bunch oh, of yeah. stuff that you got into there. Sorry. So that was a great introduction. Thank you. But, um, well, so one time I went to, I had a doctor's appointment. It was just like an annual physical. And I, I met with like a PA. Right. And, um, you know, and, and he asked me if I had any other questions and I, I didn't, I, I don't know. I couldn't really think of any questions asked, but I did say, you know, I've got a, a few pounds. I just, I, I just can't seem to lose. You know, I want to get yeah. my weight down a little bit. And he told me to stop eating carbs. Yeah. And I smiled and nodded and now really quick in this PA's defense, 
you are an edge case. You're not the average person, and you're not trying to do the average person's thing. You know, because the average American sits at a desk all day and goes home and sits on a couch all day, and in between they sat in their car and they eat a really carb-heavy, fat-heavy, calorie-heavy diet. Um, and cutting out carbs is a really efficient way to just just cut out calories, right? Okay, like, but yes, but only cutting out certain carbs is effect. Right. Cutting out my, other carbs. My point don't. is, like that guy, he has to just be the jack of all trades. Yeah, I feel bad for him because, like that answer, like there's some potentially some truth to it, but it's not helpful to you. Yeah, it wouldn't have been point, helpful right? to me. Right. You know, probably would have had the opposite effect on me because of what I do. And correct. Um, so. So let's, so what is a carbohydrate? Uh, you know, and I was going to go into a lot of depth on what they I are. I can't and stuff, answer that by the way. I don't know. But how to define it would have been really pretty is. boring, but quite simply it's, it's a bio molecule that's got carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, which oh, it's abbreviated. Yeah. And it's abbreviated CHO often because of the carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Oh, interesting. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. And there's, um, you know, as you combine in, in like the most basic carbohydrate is glucose and fructose are the two most basic kinds. And they're, 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 they're called monosaccharides. When we did a whole episode on different types of sugar, you might go back and listen to that if, we um, did? yeah, we did. Oh, wow. Okay. We're getting yeah. to that point. All right. Yeah, it was fun, but it was a long time ago. So, uh, so glucose and fructose are the most basic types of carbohydrates they're they're monosaccharides there's is, is you take these these monosaccharides and combine them you get different types of sugars there's disaccharides that have like two monosaccharides combined and there's there's polysaccharides and there's like even sugars that have like a whole bunch of different sugars combined to make different types of sugars and so forth um i do have a question really quick yeah I, I, if like when you asked what is a carbohydrate I I didn't have enough. like I could tell you that like rice has carbohydrates right but like, like you're saying it's carbon hydrogen oxygen and those are all combustibles is that how like is that how you are deriving energy from them like in the same way that a car engine essentially runs on oxygen right like combusted oxygen and that like like gasoline is is a carbon derivative is that is it the same so that we'd have to at work and that's an extremely complicated process where you know how like the glucose enters the cell and then it gets broken down and and is like because that's what a calorie is and that's how you measure how many calories are in something mm-hmm. by blowing it up right like yeah and and that would almost be like a whole other explaining how these actually get converted into energy yeah it's extremely complicated okay um, above your pay grade no well I actually want to do uh, okay. I want to talk more about that so, okay. but yeah okay because um, I was just thinking like oh okay that kind of makes. That makes some sense, right? Okay. Yeah. So, sorry to um, derail you. Get back to your. <laughs> but anyhow, like, so as you as you combine these different types of sugars, you, um, you get, and this is kind of like something I just learned that, that I thought was interesting is like, like you've got like your really simple carbohydrates like glucose and, and fructose. Okay. Um, and you've got ones that are more complex, you know, and. And you, a lot of times you hear like complex carbohydrates are better than simple car- carbohydrates, right? Right. But that's not necessarily true. Again, it, it's depending on the context for the average person. As, well, no, not even be. so much that. Like, like for example, um, you hear a lot about maltodextrin. Right. 
Um, maltodextrin is, is a polysaccharide. It's got like a whole bunch of different types of um, sugars combined. But it's, it's extremely highly glycemic. Oh, okay. You know, it's broken down very, very quickly. It's metabolized quickly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and, and then another one is like fructose. It doesn't break down very quickly because it gets processed in the liver. Mm. And it actually breaks down fairly slowly and doesn't spike insulin as much. But it's extremely unhealthy mm. because it's usually converted to fat in the mm. liver. is causes all types of diseases. Um, yeah, it's... You know, and, and just as a review, too, when we talked about the different types of sugars, you know, like like glucose, really, when you're fueling your workouts, glucose is preferred, like just simple glucose, because you, you can process up to 60 grams an hour of glucose while exercising fructose. You can only process about 30. Hmm. So if you're like if you're fueling your rides on candy, that's fructose based and you're taking in 60 grams of that, you're really only using 30 of it to convert into energy. And the rest is just getting stored as fat or, or going to cause problems um, from a GI standpoint, you know, and, and then they've, you know, and, and they've kind of found that if you combine the two, you can get up to around the 90 gram area where, you know, and whether that's healthy or not is a bit debatable, you know, depends probably. Um, but yeah, so just because something's a complex carbohydrate doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. Right. And and I think there's what that gets confused with is is whether the carbohydrate has fiber in it or not is kind of more Right, right, right. Um Yeah, so there's there's also starches. Um and starches are when foods have like the bonds between these different sugars are able to be broken down. They're water soluble. We can digest them. The enzymes in our in our gut can digest those foods. And examples of that, oh, Joe just yawned. That was an unrelated yawn. I'm okay. Sorry. The examples of those would be like rice and potatoes and bananas and so forth. You know, those are foods that they're carbohydrates that have starches in them. And um, there's, oh, and, and one thing about, about starches too is, is starches aren't really sweet like like the more simple carbohydrates like glucose right. and fructose. So what, what, what are some examples of like glucose and fructose heavy things that we might find frequently in our diets? Okay, well, fructose is really, really prevalent because it's the sweetest. So high fructose corn syrup is, is like the ingredient everybody is. It's really, really right? cheap and it really, really, it's really, really sweet. Right. So it's, it's in everything. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, like ketchup, barbecue sauce, salad dressings, um, soda pop, juice, you know. It's the second ingredient in pretty much any soda after water, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, glucose is a little bit trickier to find. It's usually more you're going to get your glucose from more complex forms. Um, you know, like, like sucrose is like table sugar. It's half fructose, half glucose. Um, getting glucose on its own is a little trickier. Like a lot of like maltodextrin, we mentioned that earlier. It's a, it's a polysaccharide that acts almost exactly like glucose, hmm. even though it's more, but it, it's more complex, but it acts similar. But if you can find, if, if you can fuel your workouts with 
with like maltodextrin or glucose based. There's like a lot of gels. That'll be the main sweetener is maltodextrin yeah. for that reason. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's better than if it's fructose. That's why you don't just use candy typically. Right. Candy's better than nothing. If you're bonking on a ride, have some M&Ms. But like, yeah. ideally... They're yeah. not a very efficient fuel source, basically, right? Yeah. And we did a whole podcast on that. Um, go back and listen to it. It was it was probably amazing. Um, yeah, so those are like those are our starches that have like what's what's kind of bonding the 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 um the saccharides together is our body can digest them and so forth. Um you know um but then there's like there's dietary fibers, and I think what people kind of confused complex carbohydrates with or like carbohydrates that have a lot of fiber. So that's what I just did a second ago where I was like, well, no, for like the average person, because I was thinking complex carbohydrate for me. And for some reason we associate, and maybe there's some truth of it, that like white bread is a simple carbohydrate. Whole grain bread is a complex carbohydrate, right? Or that like white rice, brown rice, or like that's kind of what popped into my head. Is that, is that wrong? But it's more about the amount of fiber that it has. Okay. Yeah, because really, like, there's complex carbohydrates that have all types of saccharides combined together, but they still are high glycemic and easily broken down and and spike blood sugar quickly. But it's really more about, like, the ratio of fiber to carbohydrate that that particular food has that I think is what people kind of think of as a complex carbohydrate. Right, because that's where my brain went. Yeah, you know, and... And like an examples of those are going to be more like like fruits and vegetables and um, and and whole grain breads and you know that have it's like they have carbohydrates but they've got a lot of fiber in and the insoluble fiber um, like our body doesn't break it down like it kind of turns it into like this gel that slows the absorption of sugar down so it doesn't spike our, our blood sugar as fast. Um, and so really, you know, I guess if you're not trying to fuel any type of work at the time, these, these type of carbohydrates that have more fiber are, are much healthier. Right. Yeah. And a good way to kind of like a good way to kind of know, to kind of judge how, and I'm putting in air quotes, healthy or, or complex your carbohydrates are is comparing the, how the, like kind of the ratio of carbohydrates to, to fiber. And it's usually got to be 10 to one. So like, for instance, if you've got, if you've got something that's got 30 grams of carbohydrates, it should have at least three grams of fiber. Right. If something has 30 grams of carbohydrates and has one gram of fiber, it's zero or zero. Yeah. You know, that's a really simple sugar. It's going to spike your your blood glucose. Um, great in our before spike, race. Yeah, great during a race. Mm-hmm. Um, not not great on a normal Thursday afternoon watching TV. Kind right, of thing. right, right. So like, let's say we have two hypothetical bowls of cereal. We've got All Bran and we've got Cap'n Crunch. Um, most people would say that All Bran is healthier it's it's better it's the better option right and maybe in most cases it would be and i just want to belay i don't i don't maybe go over this point again if you're about to go on a bike ride a bowl of all brand is not going to help you a ton right it depends on the intensity okay but if you're going to a bike race sure 
or you're going to go on a hard group ride with someone that's faster than you. Right, right, right. Yeah, the all brands not going to be the best choice. It's still going to help. Yeah, but but maybe in that case, your body is going to need that Cap'n Crunch, right? Or those Cocoa Puffs or whatever your preferred cereal is. Um, And kind of the point here is like maybe over the winter, I think, and this is kind of what we're getting to is like over the winter when, you know, unless you're doing schema or something like that, um, most of us are doing less riding and certainly less intense riding where maybe we should be replacing those bowls of Cap'n Crunch that in the middle of the season or, you know, it's what you got to do to keep yourself going with the, the, the higher fiber, more complex carbohydrate sources, right? Yeah. And, and the thing to point out too, about the, the higher fiber type carbohydrates is they're still going to replenish your glycogen stores. Um, they're just not going to do it as quickly and they're still going to give you energy. Um, but it's just, it's not as quick and, you know, it's not as immediate, you know, and, and also like some of these types of like the higher fiber type foods during exercise can, can cause like tummy trouble, you know? Right, right, right. No, we talk about, cause most people associate fiber with like relieving constipation with like, with like, if you're not, if you're not, if, if you're struggling with that, you should eat more fiber. You know, or like people taking like Miralax or other fiber supplements. That's yeah, and that's kind of more the insoluble fibers that just add bulk to stool. Got it. Um, but the soluble fibers um, will will do that. But in addition, they also help like slow down our absorption of glucose. Now, another thing I hear all the time with fiber is that it's filling. That like I've, I've heard people say that if you're looking to – I heard my favorite registered dietitian on TikTok said one time, um, and I said, again, registered dietitian, a real professional who actually went to school, um, that the simplest advice is if you're looking to lose weight, maybe for our parents listening to this, increase the amount of protein and fiber in your diet. That is like this – obviously, it's more complicated than that. But like eat foods that make you feel fuller. Yeah, you know, and fiber like, definitely – definitely makes you feel fuller. Um, and in fact, some people that have like, and we were going to talk about reds. We've talked about reds before. We're at relative energy, energy deficiency and exercise right, or something. Right, right. Um, sometimes those people have to reduce their fiber because they're not getting enough energy, right, right. which is interesting, you know, which, yeah, but again, those are probably um, the, that's, that's the minority. Of that's people. a very small yeah. group of people. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So, you know, kind of the ratio of fiber to carb is really important to pay attention to. So, for example, you know, if you've got something with 30 grams of carbs and has three grams of fiber, that's probably OK. You know, and if right. something has 30 grams of carbs and has six grams of fiber, that's awesome. pretty dang good. Yeah. No, vegetables have an amazing ratio, like right. fruits and vegetables are just you can't eat enough. You can't eat too much of that kind of stuff. Right. In fact, like, well. Well, I'll, I'll, you could if you were trying to like like if you were um, if you've got a if you got a race that morning, don't eat a bunch of carrots with breakfast because that's just taking up space in your. Stomach I was going to say energy, some people, right? yeah. But I, I guess as a sedentary person, you couldn't yeah. eat too many. And maybe if it's January and you're really busy and you you're only spending thirty, you know, because I had months where I was in school and working and I was spending thirty minutes a day or something. Um, definitely be eating a lot of carrots then because you don't need all that much energy to fuel what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know. So. So let's talk a little bit about carbohydrates. Are they a friend or a foe? Because, mm. I mean, they really have been vilified. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, yeah. And let's and, and there are really there's there's good and bad to it. Right. You know, 
Um, but there's also a healthy middle ground, which is if you guys know me, I'm, I'm definitely about moderation and, and, and so forth, but let's, let's talk about the good first. Okay. So, um, first of all, glucose is the primary fuel for the brain. If we don't have enough, our body makes its own, right? You know, people that go on um, ketogenic diets, their bodies have to produce the glucose so their brain can continue to function. Um, if, if we're low on glycogen, our body starts shutting us down so our brain can continue to get glucose. Right. So, like, sugar is not a poison. It, no. It's the, like we talked before, it's the dose that, right. that turns like, a toxin into a poison. Sugar, cover, it's, it's like it's a hammer. Is a hammer good or bad? I don't know. Are you trying to nail a wood into a, into a board? It's good. Or, you know, are you hitting someone in the head? It's probably yeah. bad, you know? You know, so, so are carbohydrates good and bad? The other thing, too, is like for performance, mm. it's huge because you need glucose to go. I mean, this is an oversimplification. Sure, sure. But you basically need glucose to go above zone two. If I told you, okay, you're going to go do this eye cup, but I don't want you to go above zone two, what place do you think you'd get in that race? Uh, well, it depends on the category you're racing, but in the category you belong in, last. Yeah. 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 You you need carbohydrates to perform well on a bike in, in most sports that you do. Yeah. There's a couple of exceptions. But, sure. Um, and, and one thing to point out, too, is like even if you are training at – zone two, which in theory you should be completely burning fat and using slow twitch muscles, you still need glucose to be able to do that. Because yeah. like if if you're you know if your glucose levels get low, your body starts your brain shuts you off. And right. it's difficult to ride at zone two if you're bonked. Yeah. Like if you're bonked, you're riding at zone point five that's like, what bonking is essentially yeah right? it's, it's low glycogen levels right yeah so really by by using carbohydrates it makes us so we can do more fat burning intensity exercise mm-hmm. seems a little counterintuitive but you have to have carbs so you can burn more fat yeah it's kind of weird yeah but um it's it also they're they're also essential and especially for athletes and especially for female athletes to help them maintain an energy balance. You know, we've talked about energy balance before, basically where, you know, the energy you're consuming needs to balance the energy you're using. If you're bringing in too much energy, you're going to gain weight and you're going to get unhealthy. But if you're not, you're going to overtrain or um, are you going to get red S which has some pretty significant like emotional and hormonal and um, performance complications that are associated with that. want to avoid it. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is where like, and this is where things where like pro cycling is such an interesting like space to exist in. Cause like, especially like if you, if you're like follow professional cycling and you see what a professional cyclist looks like, um, the amount of medical expertise it it takes to get a professional cyclist to be as lean as they are and to look the way that they do to be able to perform the way that they do is enormous you need like a team of four or five experts working on you to make it work it is not something that you should like like that shouldn't be the standard 
and I, I think like I struggled with that so, so, so hard in high school was thinking that like anything short of looking like a grand tour road cyclist was like a, like a fail. Yeah. You know? And they're also kind of, um, genetically they're metabolic anomalies too. Right. Um, they, but, and it's also, they can't do that forever. You know, yeah. like, um, and I don't want to go into this too much cause I know this isn't where you meant to go, but like, I always feel like, cause this is personally important to me. This informed a lot of my experience in cycling was that like, like Dan said, there's a right amount that you should think about this and the amount that you should think about this changes as you age. So again, like I'm kind of getting to the point where like, I really, you know, like, um, the past couple of years I've observed that like my weight has increased, um, 10 to 15 pounds over the winter, which is quite a bit. Um, and then it goes down over the summer. Um, I also know that I'm at risk for like high blood pressure, that diabetes runs on both sides of my family and that those things are associated with being overweight. Right. And so for me, it's like, it's, and I think a lot of people will end up dancing this dance soon. And a lot of parents listening to this, you'll be very familiar with like, you know, during the summer, I'll burn probably on average 3000 calories a day. A lot of days in the winter, I'm burning 2000 calories a day. If I'm eating three cut 3000 calories per day, every day, all year long, I'm going to gain weight. And over time, not only is that going to reduce my performance in cycling, it's also, you know, going to make me more susceptible to a lot of these things like high blood pressure and hypertension and, and diabetes that are just like not good for you. So I want to be like, again, like if you're 16 and you're listening to this, like, don't be like, Oh no, it's winter. I'm going to get fat. I have to starve myself. Like, don't do that. Um, do what is right to keep you healthy. And that's going to be different for everyone. Yeah. And again, that's the focus. The focus is, is being healthy and, and having the best, you know, working so you can be the most fit and perform as good as you possibly can will kind of take care of weight itself. You know, that like um, you shouldn't be thinking about weight. You should be thinking about performance and being healthy. And weight will follow. But along um, my last thing along with like the good parts about carbohydrates is that a lot of carbohydrates have a lot of nutrition because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. like vegetables are a source of carbohydrates. They also have a lot of fiber. Mm-hmm. Have well, so, fiber is a carbohydrate. Yeah, they have so much nutrition, so many magical nutrients that you just can't get in a pill. You just yep. can't get any other way. Um and so, and, and fruit as well, fruit, especially, you know, they're, you know, and by, by becoming overly concerned about limiting carbohydrates, you limit a lot of good oh food gosh. choices. So, yeah. So, yeah. So those are kind of the good, and there's more, these are just, I just, I wrote that list in like less than a minute, you know, there's, oh, yeah. there's, there's a lot more, but some of the bad things associated with, and, and then I want to emphasize associated with carbohydrates are like high blood pressure, insulin resistance, diabetes. Um, you hear about inflammation a lot, which is kind of hmm. TikToky a little bit, yeah, but yeah. Um, weight gain, like acne, even mm-hmm. you know, um, dementia. You you hear a lot about the. Are you saying these are all associated with the overconsumption of carbohydrates? Is that well, the... and the thing I want to point out is like all these things are associated with carbohydrates, but none of these things are really going to be or rarely going to be an issue if you're in energy balance. Right. And you that, know? that's the key. And I should, I think this is another example of like where scientific literacy is important. Eating rice does not give you dementia <laughs> most. And this is where like, and this is where the nuance comes in because most Americans 
do not have like an energy balanced diet. Like most Americans are eating diets that are really heavy in refined sugars. And basically like it's, it's kind of like a, the way I like to think about it is I think most people um, are eating diets that are really high in refined sugars and carbohydrates. And as a result are over consuming calories and consuming more calories than they're burning, which results in them having a higher body fat percentage and being overweight. And that is associated with, well, tons of different health problems. Exactly. There's so many steps between. And that's why carbohydrates are vilified because a lot of them, if they're coming in the form of like simple, high processed foods, like simple mm-hmm. sugars, added sugars, high processed yeah. foods, they're really easy to overconsume. Right. And it's, it's kind of the overconsumption of those things that really causes that big, long list of problems. Yeah. Um, Any like as long as you maintain energy balance, you know, like simple carbs, added sugars in moderation. And I can't overemphasize the in moderation part aren't going to make you unhealthy. No. You know, if, if they're done outside of moderation or if they're done in excess or you're and you have an energy surplus, then you're going to have all kinds of health problems. So, so carbohydrates aren't the enemy. It's, it's the over, it's the tendency that, that, Processed foods and simple sugars can can cause you to overconsume. Right. Yeah. So, um, but let me just throw in that there are some people that uh, some athletes, especially those uh, you know a lot of female athletes that are in a big energy deficit, right. that kind of need those types of foods sometimes to right. to get back in balance. You know, I don't think very many of the population ever falls into that. Well, that's just what I was going to say is like, that's kind of the problem with being like a female youth endurance athlete is you are so far out in left field statistically that like, I, I do think it's, it's maybe good that there's this emphasis for like most people who wake up and go to work, who wake up, drive to work, sit in the desk, drive home and sit on the couch. Um, like for sure those people like, like if we were like, yeah, cut out all carbs, maybe that would be good for you or cut down on carbs or try keto or something. Um, I think it's, it's just tricky if you have that, that very, like if you're listening to this, congratulations, you're a statistical anomaly, the nutrition advice that's going to be valuable for the average, largely sedentary citizen of the Western world is not the exact same advice you need. Right. And that's why I hate it. And like, I would, I would challenge people like stop saying foods are good or bad for you because that is such a gross oversimplification that just, I I don't think serves you well, but I think there's a lot of common sense there that needs right. We're like, or, there's very few circumstances where eating a bunch of Oreos is 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 good for you, right? But like like my point is that like a lot of people would say, "Wow, that guy's eating a bowl of white rice. That's bad for I, you." I, I know you're like, not supposed to say foods are good or bad, but there's obviously better choices. Do, and you, do you get the point I'm trying to make? I though? do. That everything depends on what it's like. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And that should inform. And I would say, like, look at your lifestyle factors. And like, some of you are listening to this, and you run a law firm, and you have time to ride your bike two hours a week. Like, there's nothing. There's not much you can do to change the activity side of the equation for you, right? Like, the calories burned for you is kind of set in stone for this point in your life. Or maybe you're a student, or maybe you're a new mother, and or whatever it is that you're doing. And like that's set in stone. If you can't change anything like that, you know, like look at the other side be like, okay, hey, what do I need to be eating to match that? Right. And for you and I, like the practical equation here is in the summer, we're riding our bikes three, four hours a day, most days. Now we're riding our, you know, we're riding the trainer 
I mean, you, okay, you're an anomaly because you'll ride the trainer for three or four hours because you won't go to therapy. But for me, I'm riding the trainer, you know, an hour long trainer session is a long trainer session for me, you know, and I'm doing that most days a week, you know, so it's like my activity is maybe cut in half for this whole part of the year. And so I need to adjust my energy intake accordingly, right? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's ultimately where this whole spiel yeah. is going to go, but, um, what, so I just want to talk like when, when, when people talk about carbs, it seems like everyone wants to be in one camp or the other kind of one extreme or th- right. well, actually not, not everyone wants to be either people want to be on one extreme or they end up in the other extreme Yeah, is I think kind of what happens. But, um, so let's talk about the extreme. So like the first extreme side of the spectrum is the low carb diet and heaven forbid the keto diet. Right. You know, um, and let, let me just first say there's actually athletes that are good athletes that are low carb and there's even good keto athletes. They're usually a little crazy. Are they, they just, cyclists? Not, no, they're usually triathletes and, and endurance runners. Okay. Like neither of these diets really lend themselves well to, to, to any type of bike racing, unless you enter a zone two race that's, you know, like there might be some races that these, these type of athletes would do fine in. But, um, so there are good athletes that, that are on ketogenic or low carb diets. It wouldn't, and, and I honestly think that for youth athletes, this shouldn't even be considered. No, no, especially female youth athletes. Maybe some guy in his forties or fifties that's been doing it long enough. They'd, they'd be okay. But Oh, um, really quick, some people with certain hormonal disorders and stuff, like your it, doctor tells you there are some people with like yeah. endocrine issues where they have, or, or like, um, epilepsy or, or like something. autoimmune diseases. Are, yeah. But not, like, but pretty much like, most anyone listening to this podcast, as always, this is doctor's advice supersedes everything that we e- say. Even though, even, even if your doctor says it, I would get a second opinion. Sure. Sure. But yeah. I'm saying if you have an autoimmune, yeah. so like we don't want to, we want to, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. So generally, these types of diets are not going to serve you well as a cyclist. Nope. And um, and, even and the keto, are like, keto. Are, oh, go ahead. Sorry, like athletes, are like oh, they're good athletes who can drive. I'm like, I'm sure they'd be better if they weren't keto. I'm sorry, I just don't. Oh, exactly. They like, yeah. Sure, there's probably. I would, I'd say triathletes in in ultra runners are really kind of the two exceptions. Where it's but, like you can make it work, but it's still you're kneecapping yourself. You know, and let me just say about keto, it's it's actually really fascinating. Mm-hmm. what your body does in ketosis and how it's able to create its own glucose. And, yeah. you know, it, it's interesting that, that science has been able to kind of exploit a, an evolutionary survival tactic, Yeah, you know? Um, but I don't think it's healthy because to get into that state, you have to eliminate a lot. Like you basically have to limp to get, you have to eliminate lots of fruits and vegetables to be able to get to a low enough carbohydrate state to be able to enter that state. And you're missing out on like a lot, lots of really important micronutrients. And, um, I I just don't think it's healthy. It, to me, it kind of seems to be a good weight loss method for unhealthy people. Yeah. That's my thing with keto is I'm like, just, just be active, you know, like if, and maybe like there's someone where they're just lifestyle factors, they truly cannot be that active and maybe for them 
keto's the move but then it's like you see all these keto influencers on tiktok who are now their whole thing because that is the big flaw is it's like okay well how are you getting fruits and vegetables right and then they're like well fruits and vegetables are actually toxic and then you enter this incomprehensibly and that's just yeah that's just stupid crazy people inflammatory or whatever like like that is the biggest garbage if you yeah if you subscribe to that i just have no like and keto is kind of extreme there's also people that are low carb Right. And again, there's some successful athletes sure. that are this way, um, you know, but still it's, it's not ideal for, for cyclists and it's not even necessary. No. You know, no. so, um, what's, what's the, and is the opposite, I'm curious, is the opposite end of the spectrum? Okay. The opposite end of the spectrum. A lot of Americans just unfortunately kind so of So the other end of the spectrum is, okay, I had the privilege yesterday of going to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. I actually went to Harmon's first. Yeah. And after I went to Harmon's, I went to Walmart. Totally different experience. I do almost all of my shopping at Walmart right now. Yeah. Um, and and I, as I was walking through the aisles, I was, you know, I was getting ready for this podcast. And I was kind of like, okay, how much of their products here fall into the highly processed or added sugar categories? And it's probably 90% of what they sell there. And, and like I was walking down one of the aisles and there was a bag of Cheetos and it had this, like the wrapping, the packaging was gorgeous. Right. And it, it was, it was called Mexican street corn flavored Cheetos. I saw those. I saw those. And I'm like, I bet those are delicious. Oh my gosh. And, you know, and I had done a big ride yesterday and I was kind of hungry when I was shopping and, um, I, but I was, I was walking through and looking at all these different, like different sauces and different prepackaged meals and, and all the different chips and crackers and cookies and, you know, everything just falls into that highly processed or added sugar category, you know, and those, those foods, it's just like, they taste so good. And it's amazing how easy it is to eat 500 calories yeah. at one sitting. Mm-hmm. And I actually bought a bag of, have you tried the cinnamon sugar popcorners yet? Oh, they are so good. I was hungry. I bought a bag of them and I'm like, you know, what? I'm only going to eat a few of these. Yeah. Anyhow, like three quarters of the bag later, I was still just as hungry as I was before. Yep. Um, you know, I'm just guessing, but I probably had like five or 600 calories worth of these popcorners and was still hungry. Like I could have eaten a meal after that, you know? Right. Um, and you compare that to like broccoli, like, do you think you could eat a thousand calories worth of broccoli? So this is interesting. Have I showed you this guy on YouTube? Who's the competitive eater? He's like the super fitness guy, but he's become very famous on YouTube because he'll be like, I'm going to eat 10,000 calories of different fast food restaurants for three meals in a day. Like he'll eat 30,000 calories in a day. He's just, he's, it's very impressive. He said the hardest challenge he ever did was trying to eat 10,000 calories of fruits and vegetables. This is, this is a guy who's, who could eat 50,000 calories of Burger King in a day. It was impossible for him because just because, and it's like, it's like, we're talking about just like volume, your stomach is a certain size and like, you know, 500 calories of Cheetos could probably fit in my fist, <laughs> you know, if you really crunched them down and everything, Right. Or like dehydrated fruit is another one that's like surprising. Like just anything without water. Fruit and juice. Yeah. Fruit juice is terrible. And so this is why, and this is why I push back because for some reason everybody's like, 
juice is healthy, so does not. I'm like that. You're completely missing the point, right? We're like, you know, having having you know having orange juice in a lot of ways, and this is such like this is irresponsible to even say would almost be like having a glass of coke and a vitamin C pill. That's right. Yeah. That's, and you know what? Like, and that's not true because there's some nuance. That's kind of true, actually. But like, it's kind of true. And so I think this is why I kind of push back on the like food is healthy versus not healthy because even like Harmons, maybe their food comes from uh, like higher quality ingredients and might taste better, but a lot of it can still be really high calorie food that you shouldn't be eating all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to push back too because Walmart, I won't defend as a business because they do a lot of awful things, but like I shop at Walmart and like like I eat a lot of like. Uh, like the, you get the great value bag of peas or sweet potatoes that are a buck, you know, like that'll be my lunch. A lot of days it's insanely cheap. It's good. For, and like, I, I hate the whole thing. Oh, you got to start eating healthy. And that's like a luxury thing that like your grocery bill has to be three times more expensive. If you're going to eat quote unquote healthy, um, you know, like eat, eat frozen food, like f- frozen vegetables are great. They might not taste quite as nice as like, you know, correctly preparing a sweet potato and cutting it up and doing it, which is I'll do if I'm making Sunday dinner, right? But just like your day to day, have some black beans with some green chilies in them. You know, mm-hmm. like have have frozen food. Like these are you can you can do this in a very affordable, sustainable way. It doesn't have to be some like puritanical. You know, there's and this is where I just get so upset. Like there's just this endless abyss of idiocy on the internet of people who are like, this is toxic and inflammatory or whatever. Where it's like. Like I have, like when I hear people saying like, oh, if you go to Walmart, their vegetables and fruits or use this pesticide that has this in it, that does this and this. And I, I like look at those people the same way as I'm like, Mercury's in retrograde, so you're going to get a car crash today. Like there's the exact same amount of science underpinning those two things. So if you're listening to this, like we're not saying have this drastic life change where you starve yourself and spend $900 a week on stupid groceries from companies that are just trying to get a buck out of you, you know, like. Um, make common sense choices and like look at what your life looks like. And well, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm leading into is like, you know, you've got kind of the low carb extreme, but then you've got like the kind of standard American diet extreme. Which is good. I'm not where, defending that. Right? Where um, where like, you know, like a lot of these a lot of these foods that you get at like Walmart and grocery stores that are just you know, they're highly processed. Mm-hmm. There's lots of added sugar. It's just really hard if you're a sedentary person to be in a, in a healthy energy balance when you're consuming a lot of these, but in moderation, they're fine. Yeah. And combined with, you know, in, in timed appropriately, they can be fine too. Um, but so I, I, I want to kind of to switch to kind of where, where I'm kind of headed with all this is like, so we kind of talked about the two different extremes, you know, right. Um, as far as athletes go, you know, we've kind of talked about in the past how like the better you become at using fat as a fuel is kind of an indicator that you're becoming a better athlete, you're like a more mature, metabolically healthy athlete. Um, there's, there's some athletes out there that like at, you know, it, it like at 50 percent of their FTP, they start to use carbohydrates. And there's others that don't begin to use carbohydrates until they're about like 75 or 80 percent of their FTP, you know, and, and you know, the the first group I kind of talked about or kind of thought of as like sugar burners, you know, and and that's kind of a sign of not being very metabolically healthy, you know, and 
there's there's a couple ways to there's a couple ways to improve your ability to use fat as a fuel as you exercise and and to be less reliant on carbohydrates and one is like the one way is is just how you exercise we've talked about this a lot but the more time you spend at your body's maximum fat processing capacity the better you get at doing that you know and it's just spending more time and that's somewhere in your zone too right now if you are like if you're one of these that tend to be more reliant on carbohydrates it's probably at the lower end of your zone too and if you're like a more seasoned endurance athlete it might be more at the higher end of the zone too you really don't know exactly unless you've had some type of testing done what kind of testing would that be by the way well mostly lactate testing um you know, and that's something that like Max, Max Testa could do. He's probably the best one in Utah to have do that. Is it pretty um, expensive to have that done? Does the insurance you know, cover it? I don't or? know, but I'm actually planning on doing it next year. I'd be curious to know how much that, because if it's uh, like a hundred bucks, uh, that is. I was actually going to do it inside. kind of for content for the podcast, you know, yeah. just to talk about. Um, they're actually developing more like where you can actually tell by what gases you exchange when you breathe you know that oh, what really? what substrate you're using and so forth which is um well i guess you could tell a lot about how, like the health of a car's engine by like the exhaust yeah. right like what's coming out of the tailpipe yeah and the thing is i think for most of us that knowing that precise number isn't that important no but just but. knowing that a lot of of low to moderate intensity at, uh, training is going to help Right. That part of your metabolism. Right. So. Rides so, on too. It came up. In oh, shoot. Too. I know. Yeah. I was trying to like, I was trying to dance around that. Yeah, like, that's okay. It's, you know. Um, but then this, the second way, and a lot of people are kind of like either or, you know. Right. The second way that you can improve that is by your diet, by, mm-hmm. you know, people that go low carb or keto, they do get better at using fat as a fuel. Yeah. You know, the problem with, only doing it through diet is these people they while they get better at using fat as a fuel they kind of lose the ability to use carbohydrates as a fuel during Mm -hmm. exercise which is terrible for performance especially in cross-country and road and cyclocross mountain bike racing unless you're doing 48 hour races exclusively yeah i mean it might be good for frog hollow but yeah and even then like I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, like these athletes, they just can't, they just don't have that race pace fitness anymore, you know? So, so obviously what, what we're searching for, it's called metabolic flexibility. That's kind of the Holy grail. That's kind of the, the best of both worlds. Um, and you do that by combining training methods and nutrition And that's kind of how I want to finish up here is talking about how to kind of achieve that best of both worlds. And so first, the first part of it is how you train. And this is going to sound oddly familiar, but here we go. Buckle Um, up. Can you guess what comes next? You've got to do a lot of fat max steady training. Zone two. Sorry, Sorry, guys. Can't. I couldn't resist. I was trying to. Yeah. Got to spend a lot of time at zone two. But you've also, you need to do, combine that with 
appropriate high intensity training. So what is that called? Polarized training. Intervals. Yeah, polarized training. Um, and another thing too that's really important for, for metabolic health is your strength training. So things we've talked about a lot like yeah. strength training, polarized training, zone two work. It's really not rocket science. No. Yeah. Uh, so if, if, if you want to train yourself to become better at utilizing fats for fuels but still be able to access the carbohydrates when your race calls for you to go above zone two, which is pretty much every race I've ever been in, you know, um, that's the way you do it. Yeah. So that's, that's the, the exercise size of it side of it on the nutrition side of it. And we've alluded to a lot of this stuff already, but you really have to periodize your nutrition. You know, if, if, you know, when I encourage kids to, carb load to get ready for a race that's just to get ready for a race you know when you when you simplify your carbohydrates and you're, you're kind of almost wanting like a super compensation of glycogen just before a race to help give you more energy during a race that's something you don't want to perpetually do throughout your life can't be using jet fuel all the time yeah yeah i hope i i hope that's very very clear to people you know mm-hmm. that it's good to do occasionally probably don't do it all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, periodize your nutrition. Like if your training volume declines during the winter, um, you should adjust your, your nutrition accordingly. You know, you're feeling accordingly, mm-hmm. you know, you might not be able to have as many free sugars, simple sugars, processed carbs when your training volume decreases and so forth. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Um, then the next thing is just timing. Like there's a huge difference between having like simple processed sugars, added sugars, like right before, during, or right after exercise, your body processes them totally differently. The glute four transporters open up without an insulin response. You know, if, if you're timing these types of, these types of carbohydrates right before, during, or just after exercise. Um, you know, if you do, you know, if, if you're eating those types of foods when you're not exercising, it will cause, um, your blood sugar to spike. It'll cause an insulin response. If this happens chronically throughout your life, eventually it kind of pushes you towards diabetes. Right. You know, and, and by minimizing, the amount of time your, your blood sugar is elevated, you can decrease your chances of, of diabetes and just being more health, like all those, the health complications are associated with that. And that can be done by, you know, eating carbohydrates that are higher in fiber and have a higher nutrient content versus energy content and so forth. So, so yeah, timing is critical. You know, um, if you do eat something that's, that's really high glycemic, you know, just take a little walk right after or something. Or like, like you and I like love cereal. Like that's our thing, right? Like eat that right before your ride. Oh yeah. You know? Like there's a lot of, like a lot of, I'm going to air quote junk food that I like mm-hmm. that I used to fuel my rides. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'd rather eat Oreos while I ride than assist gel. Sure. And it's you like, know, even it's, if the Oreos not maybe technically quite as good, it's like, and you know, can I just say really quick, can I just plug sanity? And sustainability, sanity and sustainability go hand in hand. 
And a lot of people only diet in like an on and off. It's like they treat it like a religion while they're doing it and they won't come within 10 feet of a donut. Like if you love donuts, eat donuts. But if you're going to eat donuts, don't eat a crappy grocery store donut. Get a Banbury Cross one and like do it once a week or something. Like don't have a grocery store donut every day. But don't be like, oh, I can never have a donut ever again in my life. And if Mm -hmm. it's your birthday, have some birthday cake. You know, and it's like, it's like with anything else. Like I would say that like, the best thing you can do is be a healthy person long term, which is like the stated goal of this team, right? And I just don't think having like a super rigid puritanical diet where you never touch like things that you really love. But like, and but like, I don't like gummy worms. I'm never gonna eat gummy worms because they're not good for me, and I don't enjoy them. But there's things that I do enjoy that I'm going to find intelligent ways. And it's like when I am going to enjoy it, I'm going to enjoy it. Like that, like that donut. Eat, eat the good one. Leave the crappy one. Like grocery store donuts suck. They're not good. You know, it's like, not if worth you want it. to eat a donut, have a proper donut and do it in an intelligent way in moderation. It's like your crap should be good crap. No, really, really, truly. Yeah. So like if, and have you ever found yourself doing that where you're eating a junk food and you're like, this isn't even good. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even enjoying this. this. I'm just, yeah. Like if you're going to do it, enjoy it. Yeah. And like long term, like, and you know what? I think you're a good example of this. Like we're what on year 10 of you kind of turning your health around now. And I've never seen you be like, I'm not going to, I'm never going to eat. You know, like you've always eaten things that you've enjoyed and you've also been able to enjoy like a decade of significantly improved health. I don't think those two things are a coincidence. I think there's a cause effect relationship there. Yeah. I think uh, it's sustainable is why, you know, like, like, but yeah. Who cares if you lose a ton of weight in a year and then it comes back in the next year? Like what, why, what was the point? I don't know. You know, and, and too, you know, as I've kind of got better habits and so forth, it's like, I kind of enjoy the good things just as, yeah, you know, it's like a meal with some, some chicken vegetables and whole grain breads and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that makes me happier than a bag of Doritos, you know I mean? So it's like, yeah, but yeah, so just, um, yeah. So just like, like timing, like moderation, uh, really basically it kind of all just comes down to the no duh diet. I mean, it, it's, it's nothing's really too complicated. Did you know, I think anything groundbreaking today. No, not really. Not, you know, um, but yeah, be healthy, happy people, have fun, uh, stay active. And gosh, I don't know how this is like one ladder. I'm really having a hard time getting off. I don't yeah. think I ever got up on it and I'm yeah, having a hard time getting really. off. Yeah, but you guys get the point, you know, and like, and, and, and the point, like this should be, this shouldn't be hard. If you're really struggling with this, you're doing it wrong. You know, focus on the long-term vision. You don't have to bankrupt yourself. You don't have to be miserable. You don't have to be hungry. Just like make good common sense choices. Ride your bike as much as you can. Be safe. Um, I will say really quick uh, to climb off the ladder. The weather's really taken a turn for the worst. Winter really, I, I think is coming. Like, you know, we, we've, I was able to race in short sleeves yesterday. <laughs> I think that's over. Um, be careful when you're out riding. Do a lot of Zwifting. Come to the running group tomorrow. Um, we're also going to start, Dan, I've been talking about setting up some like uh, Maybard Zwift rides. That we oh, do. for sure. We need to do we'll, those. We'll those are those. fun. We did some of those with the Meadwally guys last year. Yeah. They were a hit. So um, uh, send us your food recommendations. We got to start doing that a little more. I'd love to make that recurring. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Okay. Thanks.